Compliance is a profession where people work tirelessly to make the world a better place. And there are hundreds of amazing and inspiring women who have helped the field develop into what it is today. Great Women in Compliance is part of the Compliance Podcast Network. So join Mary Shirley and Lisa Fine as they talk with women in compliance who are making a difference. Welcome to the Great Women in Compliance podcast with Lisa Fine and Mary Shirley. I'm Mary Shirley, and today I'm pleased to have today's guest, Olga Pontes, with us. Um, welcome to the show, Olga. You've got some fantastic compliance experience under your belt. Please tell us about your background and what made you take up the Chief Compliance Officer position at Odebrecht. Oh, thank you, Mary, for all your words, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here sharing knowledge and experience with the audience. Thank you. But uh, to summarize 23 years, like in two minutes, let's say like that, it's going to be a challenge. <laughs> but, uh, I'll give you I, three minutes. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. But to not bore you with my professional life, instead, I will highlight the main point of my career that may drove me to where I am now. Um, all of my career, somehow, all the movements were somehow linked in a logical way. I started in uh, my career as external auditor, financial auditor in one of the big four companies uh, where I stay almost 10 years. For two of these 10 years, I was based on the London offices where mm -hmm. I became a SOX expert. It was around 2002 to 2004 in, during the boom of the SOX compliance. At that mm -hmm. time, Braskem, that is the petrochemical arm of the Odebrecht group, was a client of this audit firm. And they were looking for a SOX specialist in Brazil. So they look around everywhere. And of course, they did not find it, this specialist <laughs> in Brazil because mm -hmm. we didn't have that experience, right. experience there. So, but they found me at the London office. So they bring me back, the company mm -hmm. sent me back to Brazil mm -hmm. to help Braskem to be SOX certified. Braskem got the certification one year earlier than was due by SEC. And soon after, in 2006, Braskem offered me a challenge to be Braskem Chief Security Officer mm. to create and implement the IT security area. Mm -hmm. So I did that. When this area was up and running around 2009, second semester of 2009, Braskem offered me another challenge to lead the SOX compliance and internal audit department. Mm. And during these last years, during the, my last years working for Braskem, during that period, I challenged a lot the leadership. Mm -hmm. I challenged a lot the shareholders of Braskem, that is the Odebrecht group. Mm -hmm. But despite all my recommendations made at that time, I did not receive all the response that I had hoped for. Mm. So, but however, I did not receive uh, all the, the, the answer that I hoped for. Mm. Uh, I know that nowadays, over that period, I had planted several seeds that I'm collecting now. And because mm -hmm. of the seeds that I had planted at that time, in 2016, mm -hmm. when Odebrecht decided to transform, when Odebrecht decided to start to collaborate with the authorities, they, when Odebrecht decided to stop denying the facts, denying the mm -hmm. wrongdoings, they offered me to be Odebrecht CCO, uh, Chief Security, right. uh, Chief Compliance Officer of the yes. holding company mm -hmm. to draw 
and to implement the compliance system across the group and implement all recommendations one day made by me, that one day was made by me. So mm. that's why, uh, where I am now. So now I'm continuing uh, mm -hmm. planting seeds. Yes. To see. <laughs> Let, let's see. Uh, uh, um, I do not know yet where this seed is going to drive me, but let's see what mm -hmm. this seed that I'm planting now that is going to drive me to my next challenge, probably. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Um, so at that time, you were, um, the, the, well, not you, the um, Odebrecht's company at the time you joined was already um, under scrutiny by the authorities. So how did you feel at the commencement of taking on such a large and challenging task to get a company that was on its knees in respect of ethics and integrity back up on its feet? And then how do you feel now, three years later? Uh, Mary, I'm a, uh, personally, I'm a very positive person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I always look to the part of the glass that is full, not the part of the glass that is empty. Mm -hmm. So I have always felt and I still feel confident that it's possible to change, that mm -hmm. it's change one culture or the Brescia culture, or any other culture that uh, uh, needs to be changed, and think mm -hmm. what, is, what is necessary to be fixed to do what is right. Mm. So I'm still confident that with discipline, um, with discipline we generate respect mm -hmm. and build confidence that it is indeed possible to change. So mm -hmm. I'm really convicted that compliance is, is also a culture. Compliance is not a process with beginning and ending. And mm -hmm. when it's a culture, everyone has accountability in a transformation process. So mm. it's, it's how I feel and it's the same way I, I felt when I started this challenge that is possible. When you believe that it's possible, you can do it. I love that. And um, for, for companies who may be facing uh, their own ethics and compliance challenges um, with regulators right now, uh, I, I can say that's really encouraging to hear that from you um, after largely coming out the other end in one piece. That's great news. Um, so the company made a lot of changes to structure and to policies and procedures which were designed to tighten controls and drive employees to conduct business in an ethical way. What are some of the things that uh, the team did that had some of the biggest impact in helping with that transformation? Well, uh, we, we had done so many things that caused biggest impact, but I'm trying to highlight the main ones. I yes. think that's the main impact was the decision to collaborate with authorities and mm -hmm. to reconcile the past. Mm -hmm. So since 2016, we made several lenience agreements with several counters around the world. So mm -hmm. this is the main point of change. But yes. uh, talking about build the future, trans the transformation process and leave the past on the past, um, set up a completely new corporate governance was the biggest impact in helping with the transformation. Mm -hmm. So we define from the start of the transformation process, we define that all our business should have their own board of director. Mm -hmm. Not all our business had board of director at that time. Mm -hmm. We define also that each board of director should have their own compliance committee formed mm -hmm. by board members. Yes. 
we define also that the compliance officer should report to the board of directors. So this was the main change uh, that caused the biggest impact. So we create the proper tone from the top. But mm-hmm. to tell the truth, we are we also know that message from the top is not enough mm-hmm. in a transformation process. We need also to create all the environment uh, to verify, mm-hmm. not only to trust. So mm-hmm. the message from the top, the, the, the new governance structures is important, mm-hmm. but we need to, to, to more than trust. You need to create environment to, to verify. And all the environment to verify uh, was based on the, all the elements of the compliance system that was implemented. But answer your question, for sure, the biggest impact of helping with the transformation, for sure, was mm-hmm. the the after reconcile the, the past and collaborate mm-hmm. with the authority was create a new compliance structure or new, sorry, new government structure where compliance is fit in. Perfect. And what would your advice be to a chief compliance officer who's finding themselves in a similar position to you three years ago, so um, someone working for a company who's just settled with um, authorities or regulators in, um, in any country, really, um, what would your advice be to that person who's starting um, the process fresh? Mary, my advice is going to be what I'm doing and what I started to do in 2016 yes. because it's working well. So yes, great. if it's working well, I have, I, I'm having success and the company is having success with where we are doing, um, it's going to be my advice. My mm-hmm. advice is, is start to implement all the change that should be implemented as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Do not wait to be demanded by authorities to implement what you should know mm-hmm. what have to be done. Mm-hmm. Do not wait the authorities to demand. Do it first in a sustainable way, not mm-hmm. do to do it. Mm-hmm. Don't do a paperwork. Do everything in a sustainable way. We decided to transform in March 2016, and we start our transformation in March 2016, where I joined on the branch SA as a chief compliance officer. The mm-hmm. first lenience agreement were signed by the end of that year, December 2016. When mm-hmm. the authorities and the monitors arrive at the company uh, uh, in February 2017, we had a lot of things uh, started and implemented. So do mm-hmm. not wait to do what is right. Mm-hmm. What is right, it's best practice around the world. It's, it's accessible. Uh, everyone can learn. Everyone can have uh, information about how to do it. So do it. Do not wait to be demanded by authorities. Do what is right as soon as possible. That's really sound advice. Thank you for that. And um, my understanding, Olga, is that um, Odebrecht was assigned a corporate monitor. Can you give us some insights (laughs) into how everyday business changes when under a corporate monitorship? And what would your advice be to a company who's just been assigned a corporate monitor? Yeah, we are not signed only by one monitorship. Oh, right. For several monitorship, where the company around the world who are being monitored by multiples. Uh, wow. authorities 
Right. Uh, and yes, uh, GOT, MPF, <laughs> CPU, AGU. So you have much close uh, monitors at the same time. That is, wow. to have one is a challenge. To have multiple yeah. is a bigger challenge. I was just thinking that how are you even project managing all of this? Yeah, it's with discipline. Discipline, <laughs> focus, yes. uh, planning. Yes. So answer your question, yes. uh, our everyday business should not have major impact mm-hmm. because one of the things that uh, the monitorship would like to see and monitor is how natural the company is doing business in an ethical way. Mm-hmm. So we cannot uh, uh, work in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the monitor is it on the field or the monitor is not on the field. So the everyday business should not yes. have major impact. Good point. But the company should be prepared to receive a corporate monitors or multiple corporate monitors. Mm. From our success experience up to now, I would say that the company must define a structure, team, a mm-hmm. team, to be the monitor's focus point in the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the Brash Group, to tell my experience, at the Brash Group, the compliance team of the holding company, that is my team, mm-hmm. uh, I have a group of employees dedicated, 100% dedicated to support the monitorship in all its demands, all of them. So we concentrate uh, all their requests, uh, their needs, everything. This, this, this team that is work uh, in my area should centralize all the demands from monitors and, mm-hmm. and also be responsible to drive the company, mainly the leadership of the most areas of the companies, to attend on time and with, and with also quality, uh, the numerous, several demands from monitors. Mm-hmm. So it's the way that we found to achieve the goals uh, mm-hmm. uh, during that period. So be organized and plan it to meet so many demands that is, is incredible how many demands uh, the monitors uh, um, ask us. But uh, mm-hmm. other thing that maybe it's important, not related to the impact of the monitorship inside the company, but how the company receive the monitors. So since the beginning, the company uh, received the monitors as a group of uh, uh, experts that mm-hmm. is going to help our transformation. Mm-hmm. A group of experts that is going to speed our transformation. We never see the monitors as a group of uh, uh, experts that is going to fight against us or is mm-hmm. going to be seat on the other side of the table. Of course, mm-hmm. that they are completely independent. Mm-hmm. But the way that all the company, uh, and this message started from the top management, the tone from the top, uh, the way that we received them was to arm them because we know that we also need them to mm-hmm. help us to do what we are doing even better and even faster. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're not the enemy and... and, and in a sense, you you guys both have the same goals, right? You're both um, anticipating and wanting the the company to have a really robust and defensible compliance program. You want that. They want to be able to sign off on that. So uh, even though it's independent, it should still be almost a harmonious partnership, I would imagine. 
Yeah, you're completely right. In the mm -hmm. end, we have the same goals. Like we mm -hmm. as a company would like to finish this process better, mm -hmm. recognize that we are uh, uh, have an environment that is sustainable to do business in an ethical way. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, the monitors are here because the authority would like that the company or the branch survive and mm. be recognized as a company that can do business in an ethical way and influence mm -hmm. others uh, to do the same. Mm -hmm. Great. And throughout this process, was there anything surprising that you've learned in the last three years while getting Odebrecht into ship shape? Well, surprising, surprise. Um, I didn't come... I did not come. I did not come anything on my mind. Mm -hmm. What I what I learned a lot in the last few years, or maybe what I improved a lot my skill on the last years, was how to turn no's into yes. Mm -hmm. So what I learned uh, uh, from the last three years is to do not take any no's as a mm -hmm. personal reaction against you. Mm -hmm. So I received a couple of no's trying to implement things, mm -hmm. but I did not took that no as a personal reaction against mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. I, I saw all, all these as opportunities to plant a seed to change the culture. Mm -hmm. So uh, if it's not your no, the answer that you believe that is right, mm -hmm. uh, what I learned, bring mm -hmm. the issue to the table Discuss risk, responsibility, accountability, and, and, and drive your speed uh, uh, in that area. In most of the case, no's is going to turn into yes. So mm -hmm. is this always the spirit to teach how to fish, <laughs> but, not, <laughs> but not give the fish? Right, so yeah. Do, do not be satisfied with the no if you mm -hmm. think that the, the yes is the right question try to get the yes mm -hmm. explain uh, uh, why the yes is the best answer mm -hmm. perfect and I know that you've been doing obviously a lot in the last three years but I'm sure you still have um, ha had some major goals for current and um, in 2019 and then moving forward into 2020 so will you share with us what has been your major goal for the company for 2019? Uh, wow, Mary. Uh, after almost four years of transformation and implement a lot of things, mm -hmm. uh, normally people expect to hear me that, uh, oh, I need the, the, the goal is to implement A process, C process, Z process. And to tell the truth, uh, our main goals is to prove to the company and prove to society and prove to authorities that everything that was implemented in the last three, four years can be sustainable, even if you are in a financial crisis. As you know, the Brash mm -hmm. holding company uh, um, is in Chapter 11 mm -hmm. nowadays. So we are in a financial crisis, but mm -hmm. even that, we can still do compliance in, and you can, you can put up and running the compliance system and all the elements of the compliance system that was implemented in the last three, four years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, yeah, that's really interesting. You're saying, you know, despite the fact that you're in um, 
somewhat dire financial circumstances um, compared with a more healthy um, financial situation, that that should not be reason for you to stop prioritizing compliance. Even if in a difficult financial situation, you can still find a way to ensure that uh, compliance has adequate resources to continue the compliance program. Yeah, for sure. This is my main goal nowadays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, I wish you all the best with that and with your optimism and just your formidable um, skills and capabilities. Um, I'm, I'm sure that we will see um, a continued success for your efforts into the compliance program. And I thank you very much for thank being you on the you, show Mary. today. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> Well, everyone, to wrap up today's show, I just wanted to comment that Lisa and I believe that constant learning and self-improvement is crucial. So as you've probably seen, we've solicited a lot of feedback on what you'd like to see more of on this podcast and general feedback as to how we can make the show even better. If you've enjoyed the show, please think about rating it because positive feedback um, also enables us to know what we're getting right as well. And as always, Lisa and I love reading your notes too. Thank you for continuing to to contact us and we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Great Women in Compliance. We hope you'll join us in honoring the great women in the compliance field by subscribing to this podcast and leaving a review.